It's simple, really. Great stories with a good cup of tea. It's the Tea with Mike show. Welcome to episode 100 of the Tea with Mike show with brand director Andy Kranick. Come learn about about social media, content creation, and a whole lot more. And cheers to the 100th episode of the Tea with Mike show. Welcome to uh, the Tea with Mike show. Uh, this is a super exciting day moment, uh, moment in time. Uh, this is the uh, 100th episode of the Tea with Mike show. Tea with Mike is all about storytelling and connecting with people around the world. And I'm really excited uh, for the 100th person on the show uh, to be Andy Kay. Uh, Andy Kay is a, a brand director, but I'm sure he'll tell us all about that uh, later in our conversation. So, Andy, welcome to Tea with Mike. Uh, thank you so much, Mike. I'm pleased to be here. Uh, I'm glad that I made it onto episode 100, and I'm looking forward to the conversation. Awesome. Let's start with let's go let's go back to the beginning a little bit. Uh, so, do you want to tell people uh, where you grew up? Yeah, I actually um, I was born in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and I moved from New Mexico to Northern Virginia with my mother and my two brothers as a kid, and, and I flew back from Virginia to New Mexico every summer. And I, I bring that up because I was actually just talking about it. And I think it was, uh, it's an important part of who I am having the context and difference growing up from going from Virginia to New Mexico, from New Mexico to Virginia, you know, and, and that helped uh, give me different contexts in uh, society and culture and, and how people think about the world. Awesome. Do you want to do you want to expand maybe a little bit on what it was like growing up in New Mexico and and, and how that um, is similar and then also different uh, to Virginia? Virginia. <laughs> yeah. So I, I think you know just simply the the geography and landscape is really really different. Uh, Arizona, New Mexico is a desert. <laughs> it's very dry. It's mountainous. It's really brown. There's not many trees or grass growing around uh and virginia is the complete opposite it's very very humid the summers you know it can be 80 degrees but it feels like 120 because of the humidity um it's, it's forests everywhere around is just forest so when we first moved here my brother and i were shocked at how much green we were seeing we're so used to just brown everywhere um and then of course just the people are different you know living in the the suburbs of Northern Virginia, where I where I was grew up and raised in Virginia, it's one of the most affluent and wealthy areas in America, which probably makes it in the world. And it's also Fairfax County is the most diverse county in America, um, which I take pride in that I, that I grew up there. So I had I was exposed to a lot of different cultures: Korean, uh, Latino, Hispanic, African American, um, and then in New Mexico, it's you know. That I was really influenced by uh, Native American culture. Um, I learned about Navajos and uh, yeah, it's just different, you know, cowboy hats, very different landscape. But I, the, the punchline was for me is that I related to everyone. You know, I realized that everyone, despite uh, their backgrounds and their personalities and their looks, we're all still human and we all still breathe and eat and think and share and laugh. And I could I could draw connection points with all of them. Fantastic. And then, so let's talk a little bit about Andy Kay as a school kid. So, like, like what were some of your favorite subjects in school? What did you um, like to do outside of school? I loved being, yeah, I loved being active. 
you know, I was sort of, <laughs> it's funny now because I, I, I can be pretty reserved. I'm an, I'm an introverted extrovert is how I would describe myself. And depending on who you ask, they will either say like, oh, he's definitely an extrovert or like he's really quiet. Um, but growing up, I was, I was a class clown. I was really loud and loved discussions, you know, art, history, uh, gym were probably like my three favorite classes. I despised math. That was no fun for me. But honestly, it all, it all depended on the teacher. If you have a great teacher, I don't think it mattered the subject because they could make it interesting and fun for you. Um, yeah. Nice. Uh, and then so kind of uh, flip forward to uh, the present day, like what, what activities do you do to uh, stay physically fit? Yeah, I've got. Um, I'm trying to rekindle my passion and enthusiasm for yoga. I, I was doing yoga twice a week, almost uh, pre-COVID, uh, before the lockdown. Um, and that's honestly one of the best things I've ever done for myself. I've, I've never felt so uh, in tune with my feelings and emotions than I do after uh, a session of yoga. Um, and I, I cycle a lot. I, I love getting on a bike. And it's the same version of that. You know, when I'm riding my bike for an hour and a half, going 30 miles to the countries here in Virginia, uh, my, my mind is untethered and it just creates for a lot of opportunity for free flowing thoughts and creativity and clarity, which is really helpful and beneficial to, I think, my health. So, so would you say that the yoga and the cycling are critical? Um, well, you kind of said for for the creative and the mindset, but it also helps you stay productive, which as, as I know, you're like a super busy person. So do you think all this exercise helps the clarity and the mindset and the productivity? hundred percent, you know, and, and what I try to advocate for uh, with my, my peers and my colleagues is I people think of it as like, that's my non-work life you know, and that that's my personal life and that's what I do for fun. And then I have my work life and my business life. But to me, it's all the same thing. In order to be really successful in my career and my profession, I need to prioritize my health. I need to prioritize getting on the bike because after I'm on the bike, I'm going to write a better email. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to have clearer thoughts and creative direction on, on what we're trying to execute. Whereas if I don't do that and I'm like, no, I need to get the work done. I need to log on. Eventually my, there's going to be a downtail in my work and productivity. And it's a mind shift, you know, you really like the people that work the best and work the hardest prioritize those things because it actually produces the best results. Awesome. awesome. So how, how long would you say that you exercise for per day, just to put it into context? I try, I, I try to do at least 40 minutes every morning. And it varies, you know, like on the weekends, I'll, I'll take two hours and I go on the long bike ride. But first thing I wake up, I have a warm glass of water and then I try to do some sort of movement. Well, and why and why a warm glass of water is this something <laughs> uh it's it, it's funny no it's a it, it there's a little science behind it you know warm water helps with digestion um helps with your throat and soothing but if you've ever been in an asian culture so I, I lived in asia for a year and a half in thailand and in china um anytime i was sick uh, i would have a cough i would have a flu out of a fever, the first thing I'd be given was, Andy, have a, have warm water. And of course, my reaction is like, I don't want warm water. Like, I need to see a doctor. I want medicine. Um, and I didn't like the taste of it. It just seemed weird to me. But eventually, actually, at, at my company's office, they have like a warm water dispenser. 
Oh, really? Uh, yeah, and it's just soothing. I don't know. Like, I don't really like cold water anymore. I like warm water. It 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 is help helpful for like digestive, but it just I just like it. Also, and then let's let's mix it up, and then let's switch a little bit more like uh, career wise. Um, did did you always want to have a career in social media? Like, talk us how you ended up going down this particular yeah. of social media and marketing and content creation, etc. It, it it wasn't necessarily about what what it was as much as what the day to day was and who I was going to be working with and for you know I I wanted I always I never knew what I wanted to do I knew what I didn't want to do which was to sit in an office working for someone in something that I didn't believe in <laughs> which quickly eliminates a lot of jobs in my opinion right uh, so my my first route was to try and start a business I quickly realized that I didn't know it much about setting up a business and or running a successful business. So I alluded to trying to figure out uh, how I could work for someone who did. And uh, I watched a couple Gary Vee videos. This is early 2013. He wasn't putting out that much business content at the time, but I could see that this was someone that I would work for. I could tell that he wasn't going to tell me that I needed to be in suit and tie because that's what's proper. You know, he doesn't, as long as you're a good human and you're doing good work, most things don't matter besides that. Um, so I just related to the ethos of, of Gary Vaynerchuk and the principles that I, that I believed he stood for and that I know that he stands for now after working for seven years for him. Um, yeah. And, and I think serendipitously almost social media is something that I'm exceptional at because I, I really, uh, and I have an innate curiosity, you know, social media is very uh, quickly changing, never evolving. So you need to be curious enough to be able to uh, want to learn these new things that are always happening and digest these new trends. Um, and a lot of it, social media execution has to do with storytelling. And I, I'm a great storyteller. So here I am. Nice. Telling your story on episode 100. <laughs> exactly. Good. Uh, so, so obviously you mentioned that um, – you spoke more about uh, the types of people that you wanted to associate yourself with and work for and with. So could you give us like maybe one to three qualities of the types of uh, people that you like enjoy working with like, in terms of characteristics? Yeah, I mean, the first one is you have to be around people that want to build you up, you know, and, and like build you up, but also build themselves up, you know. It sounds cliche, but hanging around people that are, are driven, ambitious and positive and really support you and think about ways to help you, um, that would be one. Two would be, honestly, I think pe people that can give you, uh, as a counterpoint to that, is people that can really give you strong feedback. You know, I, I think... If you if you surround yourself with a lot of yes men or, or puff daddies who just hype you up all the time, you're not you're gonna lack self awareness. So I think friends that can really check you is extremely important. Um, and then yeah, just enthusiasm, enthusiasm for life. <laughs> you know, people that are like generally happy and positive, enthusiastic about the things uh, that they're doing and excited to do and excited to wake up. If you if you if you're friends of if you're group of friends have those three characteristics, I would be shocked if you're not uh, 
in a really good place. Uh, awesome. And, uh, and so uh, a little uh, tea fact uh, for the episode is uh, tea is made from the leaves of uh, Camellia uh, sinensis, which is a small uh, tree native to Asia. Uh, the difference between green, white, yellow, and oblong uh, tea actually comes from how the leaves are processed. And that comes uh, from mentalfloss.com. Did you know that? I did not. I, I, I like, I'm assuming you're, you're a fan of tea. That's why, that's partly why it's called the tea with matcha. Yeah. So what, what, what kind of tea are you drinking right now? Uh, this is a Yorkshire tea, kind of a strong uh, black tea uh, with minimal amount of milk. Hmm. Yeah. I've, I've been, I drink a, 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 a lot of coffee. My, my mother is a big coffee drinker. Um, but tea is awesome. I've been I've been trying to drink more tea instead of coffee. Awesome. So obviously, um, most people know that, uh, that you're a, uh, you're a brand director and you work for uh, uh, Gary V. Uh, so I, I want to know uh, what inspired you to tweet him. So like, how did you first like see his content online? Do you remember the? Yeah. Yeah. So I first learned of Gary. Uh, through my university at Virginia Tech, which is funny because I, I learned of him through wine. I took a wine course at Virginia Tech called uh, World Regions of Wine. And we actually, as part of the curriculum, had to take wine quizzes on Gary's Wine Library TV videos. No way. Uh, yeah, yeah. And so at the time, I wasn't that into wine. You know, it was a cool class to take in college, but I wasn't really that into wine and uh, I didn't like the Jets. So when I watched Gary's videos, <laughs> Yeah, he didn't do much for me. I wasn't like, oh, this guy's awesome. I could tell that he was smart and relevant and doing, you know, cool things to market wine. But, but I followed him on Twitter from that. And then, flash forward, I traveled abroad, started meeting a lot of digital nomads, people making money online, blogging, things of that nature. Um, I'm like, well, this is cool. Then I started getting more into that space. I started learning SEO. I started learning about uh, web optimization content creation and marketing and inherently I, I discovered I looked at Gary one of Gary's tweets came up talking about something and I clicked into it and I was like wow this dude's definitely shifted from a wine dude like he's, this guy really knows business um, and then I was applying to a lot of jobs after after traveling I was trying to find the right gig I wasn't getting anything I found a job that I really really wanted as like a product marketer that was based overseas and I didn't get it and so I emailed the guys and I was like, Hey, like, can you give me advice? Like I thought my application was awesome. I made this crazy video trying to sell myself. <laughs> and they, they said like, Andy, you just didn't have the experience. Which I was like, yeah, you're right. Like I just tried that to flop. Yeah. And so like, you should just honestly, like if you don't have the experience, try to get it for free. Literally two days later, Gary tweeted, what can I do for you? And I tweeted him back a chance to work for free. And he said, expand. And I said, I just want, and I tweeted back, I just want a chance to prove myself. And he said, email me. So I said, all right, <laughs> I have to write the best email of my life right now. <laughs> you know? And so I try to write it quickly, uh, succinctly. I hit send. And after a week, I didn't get a response. I figured that was it. <laughs> you know, my mom, I told my mom, my friends, like, yo, Gary V responded to my tweet. They're like, Andy, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> you know, but 
three months later, he responded to me at midnight, asked uh, oh. how, how little I was willing to work for and where did I want to live. I said I would work for free. My brother lives in New York City. I can be there okay. tomorrow. <laughs> so that's how I went down. Awesome, awesome, man. And then he was what? See, what, what was next? See you at 9 a.m. tomorrow. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he, he's. Then he said he sees Nate and was like, Nate, I like this kid. Talk to him. Shout out, Nate. Nate gave me a call. Um, and then was just like, yeah, show up, show up in a week, 9 a.m. Cool, awesome. And so, um, from a lot of what you've been telling me, uh, you strike me as someone that's kind of self-taught uh, you've, you've learned and developed a lot of these skills like by yourself versus like a formal education path and um, so how would you describe Andy Kay as a learner and what intrigues you about learning and uh, developing your craft it's a good question I mean I, th I think it comes down to curiosity you know I think the reason why I've self-taught or self-learned in those things is because I was interested in it you know and if you're not interested and this is the cliche thing you know like why did Michael Jordan become Michael Jordan is because he before he trained for basketball at the level that he trained at which most humans have never trained at you know he fell in love with the game because that's the only way you're going to do it so I think like forced learning you're never going to get there fully because you're never going to spend the time necessary to become that proficient in it. Right. right. So the re like I was interested by Facebook ads It actually interested me learning those things a, because I knew that it would be beneficial, but also like it was just fascinating to me to learn and watch how much of a creative exercise media actually is, you know, in order like a, a performing Facebook ad wasn't necessarily because you're super technical it's because you actually had a really smart creative execution of it, you know, and, and thank God for the internet. Like you can learn anything now. I'm, I'm trying to actually use, I don't know if you, have you heard of, uh, I'm sure you've heard of like Evernote and maybe Notion. Yeah. I've heard of Evernote before. Yes. Yeah. There's, there's this other thing called Notion and now there's another, uh, application called Rome research. It's a no, it's a note taking app. But it's, it's pretty uh, profound in the ways that they're trying to link how you tag and reference things. So I'm, I'm trying to be a little more diligent in my organization and my reading, trying to capture all the things that I'm learning. And then I can just go down rabbit holes based on whatever, whatever I'm interested in learning about. Cool. cool. And so where would you say are the main places you go on the Internet to... Uh, kind of discover like the, the latest trends, that, that type of thing. Where are you, where are you, where are you next going to put your time in uh, to developing a particular skill that you need to stay current? I, I would put it into two categories. I spend most of them on the first category, which is actually just listening, and I do that on social media, and that's where that's how I stay up to date on trends. That's how I know a lot about Little Peep and XXX Estacion and uh, young hip hop artists. It's because I was generally interested in it. And on Instagram, you can find it quickly. Like you can go on your explore page, hit a hashtag, and all of a sudden I'm well-versed in what people are calling mumble rap, what the 17-year-olds are listening to. You know, and it, it feels good to listen to that and consume it and to draw my own inferences in it. Um, that's different than deep dives into really trying to learn a subject matter expertise, which I would defer. What I love doing is just reading a book on Kindle or a physical book, um, or I go to YouTube. 
you know, and I'll, I'll really watch a two hour Joe Rogan podcast about neuroscience and, or sleep, or I'll, uh, read a, watch a two hour documentary about, um, dang, what's, what's the country? Uh, Liberia. I know, I know a lot about Liberia because it was a fascinating topic. Cool. So, how, so how long would you say in a typical week, or even in a month, like in terms of like, how much of your week do you set aside for personal and professional development for all of the things you just just described, or does it, or do you go with the flow? I go with the flow. You know, I, I try to beat myself up. I do beat myself up on uh, trying to be prescribed with it. And honestly, I, I'm I'm as much I'm as close to a prescription of trying to allocate like 30 minutes at the end of the night always to like read um and continue learning but i go with the flow generally because yeah, like it's that's how i am and so i'm very reactionary and that and that leads uh, perfectly into how do you use uh, this particular mindset that you just to talk talked about how does that help you in your current role as a brand director at VaynerMedia? Yeah, you know, there was a poster, poster in our offices at VaynerMedia. It's a quote from Gary that says, change is our greatest strength. Um, and as I said, like, I go with the flow. Change is our greatest strength, like, and it needs to be because things, tomorrow Instagram might disappear. It doesn't sound, I couldn't imagine the world and why or how that would happen, but it might, and there might be a new app. And like, if you just build a whole strategy on how we're going to 2X our output for Gary's Instagram, <laughs> it's not going to be the best news that Instagram went away. But instead of trying to fight against it or try to figure out how we can go back to what the way it was, I'm openly accepting them, openly and acceptingly saying, okay, team, this is what we're going to go do. Now let's figure out how to go do it. And everyone's generally open to it and excited about it. Um, so I think it's just openness to change and, and, and appreciation for change as the right thing to do. Perfect. And then so what is a brand director at VaynerMedia? Because obviously like, it could mean a different thing at different places. Yeah. What do you do? It, it's funny. You know, I actually just came up with my title one day. I, I, I did, my title was analyst and I told, I had a meeting with Gary. I asked for like a, a late night meeting with him so I could actually have some real time and, and get to know him a little more. This is early in my career. And one of the things that came up was that I felt a little insecure about my title just as an analyst because I was starting to take on a lot more strategy. I mean, ownership of managing some of the team um, and leaning into like leading a lot of the strategy. And so Gary just said, awesome. Like, what do you want your title to be? Think about it. Email me, and uh, we'll give you a title. So then I, I realized like uh, manager was better than or director was more senior sounding than manager. So I didn't want to be brand manager. I want to be brand director. But I like the word brand because I felt that's inherently what my responsibility is to build brand. And so what does that mean? I think it's trying to understand consumers and trends and deliver meaningful, impactful content to wins the hearts and minds of individuals that want to uh, take lessons from Gary, whether that's in his EQ uh, skill sets or topics that he tries to help people support or more business oriented. Um, so my day-to-day -day at Vayner is 
managing a, a media and content team, uh, try and deliver impactful content and build brand. Awesome. So how would you describe Andy as a leader? Like, How, how do you go about resolving uh, conflict or uh, disagreements in opinion uh, between all these different creative uh, people uh, that work on the team, all of them that have great ideas, because obviously they've got to a certain place and they're good at their craft. But you, at the spearhead, sometimes you have to make that difficult decision. <laughs> so you, you got some good questions, Mike. I would say um, I, w- I would like to pride myself on listening. You know, I think a great leader listens so that they can understand where people are coming from. And if you understand where people are coming from, you can probably get to a place of agreement and compromise, you know, and I think that it's never, and a lot of everything that I'm saying stems from Gary's leadership and I'm just a reflection and ethos of that, but very rarely is it or on our team, it's always and. So if Mike has something that he feels passionate about and I disagree with it, I say, okay, Mike does his thing, Andy does his thing. Both of you can go do it. Right. Or, or you want to put out that piece of content with that title. Sally thinks she likes her title better. You guys can both do your own titles. Right. Oh, okay. So so sometimes do you, do you put out both pieces? Yeah, for so sure. A-B testing? Yep. A-B testing will run media against it. You know, you can run an Instagram ad with Mike's version and Andy's version, and then we'll let the math be the the judge and the jury, you know? So I don't have to be like, sometimes I will be the bad guy. No, like Mike's idea is better. We're going with Mike's idea. But I'm thrilled, and I would always prefer not to do that. I'm much more of let the, let the market, let the internet say whose idea is better. Make them both. Put right. it out organically. Put it out on paid. And you can see which ones drove more interaction, which ones drove more comments, which ones got more fire emojis. Now, okay, interesting. And so, so how do you, like, do you put them out at the same time on two different days? Like, how does that work? Yeah, so organic testing is, of course, very difficult because of the, you, there's not much control. There's a lot of variances in the time of day, things of that nature. But Facebook, with, with spending on media, you can really do it. You know, Facebook has split testing creative where they can show it to similar cohorts and make sure that they didn't see the same piece of creative. Um, but generally, like, honestly, if you you don't even need to do the A-B testing that Facebook will set up for you, if you just run ads and you have two different creatives, the best creative is inherently going to get the more money. Nice. All right, cool. And so if you had to reflect on like what like where we are today as we've had this as we're having this uh, conversation what, what have been some of the main uh, kind of like ch- challenges uh, to getting to where you are today mm. patience is really difficult you know it's for me personally it's it's always the struggle of uh underselling myself versus overselling myself you know, I, I feel like I haven't even touched the surface of the things that I want to do with my career. And I'm very eager to accomplish a lot. Meanwhile, I feel very, 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 very grateful to be in the position that I'm in. <laughs> and, I, and I want to strive to continue to be in this position. And I think about every other person that wants to take my job and I'm not going right. to let them. Because yeah, I'm sure there's a few. Yeah, it's really like I, I feel like I'm even bigger and better than my job. 
meanwhile, like, I feel like I may not even be good enough for my job. Oh, okay. So you're always fighting these, like the left side and the right side, on a, on a like consistent basis every day. Yeah. Um, and then it's just like it's just a lot, you know. It's a I, I posted on my Instagram and shout out Jim Thompson who was on my team originally, and he posted this after like a month, and I just died laughing because he's not like a content creator at all. Um, but he he made this video that he just randomly found walking New York City, which is a bowl of water under a fire hydrant and the fire hydrant spewing water okay like a, like a fountain of water and someone had put this little bowl under the fountain of water to try and catch the water of course all the water is overfilling the bowl so what he did was he put gary as the fire hydrant and he put me as the bowl <laughs> And 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 the caption was the best and the best and hardest thing about working for Gary, because you're just drinking from fire hose. Like you're, there's never never enough time to accomplish everything that I get thrown. So that inherently prioritization, the ability to stop for a moment and actually actualize what is the strategy and what are we trying to accomplish, very important. Yes. Okay. That that kind of leads to obviously. Uh, how, how many? How many? When you first started in this role, how many uh, people were under your leadership? Like when you got to this position. Six. So so, so okay. So 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 not that right. people. Not that many. Six people, and now I think we're at twenty-four. So. Would you say that your like leadership skills or the way the decision making process? Do you say it's changed changed at all with more hands in the pot per se? A hundred percent. Well, it's I've really grown a lot in the last two years in my leadership and understanding what 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 the people below me need for me in order to do their jobs best. Um, so yeah, it's changed a lot. Like, so I think the size of the team has been at this scale for the last couple of years, but it's only in the last 24 months that I've really understood what it takes to be able to manage and lead a team of 25 people, which is very different than leading a team of five. Right. Yeah, leading, a, leading a team of five, I, I, cause I, I was trying to lead a team of five how I led a team of 20, which is I'm the leader and then everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> You can't scale that. You know, you need to have mid-level managers. You need to have managers. You need to be able to have real expectations and understandings of roles, responsibilities, and uh, who you can count on for what. Awesome. And then, so, obviously, it's something that's uh, grown in time. So, just just more generically, what do you think uh, um, three three things that somebody uh, developing a, a personal brand uh, should be thinking about. I think I'm pausing for a second. So I'm trying to be thoughtful of how I articulate it. You need to figure out authenticity. And the reason why I say like, I just don't, I don't think people realize. I think people do realize. I just, don't think people under it's such a tall ask the reason gary kills is because he is so authentic so 90 percent of the things that 
most of us put out online, we're not necessarily being authentic to who we really are. The more authentic you are, the more consistent and everlasting and true your personal brand will be. Like authenticity really does win. So three things. One would be authenticity first and foremost. And before you even had like, so you need to figure that out. Like don't fake the funk. Like before you start a personal brand, you either, you either do two things. One, you do a lot of self-awareness activities to understand who your true and authentic self is so that you can then start putting that into the world. Or you put out into the world that you're not sure who the fuck you are yet. And you're trying to figure it out. Right. You know, like don't call yourself a, yeah, you either need to, it's either or authenticity, uh, an extreme, extreme amount of patience, patience and consistency. I would put in the same category. Like you need to be, you need to put out content every day. You need to learn from that content every day. And you need to, and you need to not expect anything for a long time. Right. Lastly, uh, you need to be able to storytell and you need to be able to have creativity. And I, I think in Gary's messages and kind of, like it's talent that the last, the, the third thing is talent. I, I define talent as creativity and storytelling, um, which I would probably say is necessarily a personal brand, but yeah. So authenticity Okay. Perseverance and talent. <laughs> Those are the three things necessary for a personal brand. Awesome. And then, uh, so, so the answer to this uh, question may be all of them, but like, how 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 do you decide which uh, kind of like social media platform is best for a platform or a business? Say that. It, what, what do you mean by a platform or business? So, if I what? Okay. So yeah. So like, sh sh if, if if you own a business or if you have a personal brand like myself, um, how do you decide you, which platform? Yeah, uh, which platforms are suitable depending on like if it's a storytelling yeah. or if it's a dog business, etc. I think it's both uh, reverse engineering what talent you have to execute against that platform and what upside there is in the reach and awareness and audience you're going to hit. So if you're not good on video or you can't storytell or you can't edit or you're not funny or quirky or animated, TikTok's going to be tough for you. Yeah, the T-Wood Mike show doesn't flow well on TikTok. Like, <laughs> but honestly, but like you're, but like you have a personality though, you know. And I think people could really relate with you. And I think it would just come down to you figuring out how to how you're gonna be you in fifteen thirty or or fifty nine second format. Okay. It needs to be really really fast. Like you uh, you need to do a lot of jump cuts, and but you could do it, and it's around storytelling. But you could dominate TikTok, like, like, because the audio, like, the the two categories I said, which is like your skill sets and reverse engineering that, and then reach and audience, like reach and audience, TikTok would be number one platform for you, and it's not even remotely close. Okay. Like it's it's the most important one. 
you're not going to be able to reach as many people as you could reach anywhere else for free than you could right now today on TikTok. Facts. Comma, it's also probably the biggest audience we want to reach, which is younger millennials, Gen Z. Yep. Learning and growing about themselves and what they want to be doing with their lives. Now you just need to figure out reverse engineering your skill sets. How does it apply to the platform? And make it native to the platform too. Uh, that's what it, like you just talking for 59 seconds would be really difficult, you know, yes. but, but you talking with some jump cuts or some other things in between, that's the storytelling and creativity part in the three rules <laughs> that will make or break it, you know? So but the, the other thing too is trying, man. Like the, the truth is Mike, like you would need, you need the reps of posting TikToks that don't perform at all in order to get to a TikTok that performs. Mike, if you posted 100 TikToks and every TikTok you posted, you try to look back at the one you did before and analyze why or why it didn't work, what you can make better, I would I, I would bet money that one of them uh, would get in a substantial amount of free organic views and you would grow a large following. Interesting. Something for me to go away and think about. I like it. So obviously social media platforms are always evolving as we're kind of discussing. They're always uh, changing. Uh, so what challenges does that present to you uh, as the leader of the ship, as the brand director? Yeah, I mean, it's A, keeping up and B, just uh getting ready to move on a dime's notice you know on a minute's notice like the second that something happens i need to be able to interpret it and actualize what our strategy is now awesome and would you say that that's something that's uh, got easier as your careers uh, developed yes because i have a lot of support man you know like gary's a tremendous boss like People don't understand how in the weeds he is. He knows more. He knows most times he knows about a new feature or update than I do before I do. And it's not because he's getting like an email from the CEO. Like, hey, it's generally because like he was just on Twitter and like he saw someone comment about it or he was on his in his DMs. And he said, like, hey, get like it's like the dirt work. You know, the, the person that's closest to the dirt is the most dangerous is a quote that Gary said. And I always remember it because it was a, a specific moment. But I have a lot of support. Gary's really good in that regard. And I also have colleagues and peers that have worked with me for the last four or five, six years as well. So we, we have a, a lot of continuity and a lot of understanding about how we all think about things and how we try to operate. So 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 would you say then it's so it's more than about like trust and knowing that everybody's working like to the to, to the same goal and the outcome versus like trying to like one up each other. Andy one, Sally nil, or whatever. You no. Know? Yeah, you you just you just gave a much better answer than I, but you unpacked it. Is yes, it's it's humility and trust and over communication. Those are the things that lead to speed, fast execution, smart execution. You know, what's the, what's the ROI of not giving a fuck speed, you know, what's the ROI of radical candor of transparency speed. You can move really quick. You're not spending time on 
Sally's a dick. <laughs> you know? You're having fun. You're focusing on the creator. Exactly. And also, and so, what do you what do you think you'd be doing now if the if the, if that interaction with Gary hadn't happened? That's a good question, Mike. Um, <laughs> could be anything. That's the magic of life, and but it's also motivation. You know, like it, it really it could be anything. Could have been anything. I could be a school teacher right now. I, I might have developed the the English learning app that I, that I wanted to do. I could have gone back into coaching and teaching basketball. Um, you know, could have get hit by a bus. <laughs> so true. Nice. And then, irregardless, it would I would be I would be using my creative and storytelling capabilities. That's for sure. Awesome. And then, so what? I mean, I think you just answered it, but what, what do you think the most important skill is um, in content creation and why? For like to, uh, to make successful content. Most important skill is listening. First, like, yeah, it's listening. That's because you didn't understand. So, because you need to, you need to, you need to gather in all of the information before knowing how to act, real execution. Yeah, so it's, it's listening, and but then the real art comes from taking that that listening and then building it into something brand new. Create creating connection points that you created that weren't there. You were able to draw them. Also. Awesome. So, um, well, what, what what do you like to do to kind of like switch off? Because obviously your your phone's probably off the hook. Like most of the time, you probably get a gazillion emails of all varied. Yeah. So, what, what do you what do you do to recharge and relax? Yeah, I I do try to be more proactive. Like, God, I I turn my phone off at night. I uh. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, I do. I do do some things where, um, like, I don't look at my phone for the first 30, 45 minutes of the morning as as a routine. Um, but honestly, it, it generally comes down to the weekends and uh, cycling, meditation, exercise, um, trying to be present, trying to be aware, trying to spend time with my family. I, I, I like to uh, always try to reach out to a friend I haven't spoken to in a while. Just say hey. It makes me feel good. No. No, no, sir. And I, I like I, I like making content. It's a, that's the weird thing, you know. I spend so much time in my day to day of like looking at Instagram, trying to create content, all these things. Where like sometimes it, it feels like a chore to do it for myself, but it's also it's very very relaxing. It makes me feel very happy to try and express myself through creation. Obviously, and I can see it be something that's like quite important to you because obviously in your position you're probably doing more like strategic overview and insight versus like the guy standing with with the camera filming that angle or that shot, right? Yeah, yeah. So, do, so, so do you think by uh, staying like staying connected and making content in uh, your own time, you uh, stay better connected uh, with 
the people like working underneath you because you, you stay up to date on the, the jargon and the latest creative stuff out there, like the trends and stuff. Yes, but but that's not why I do it. Like I, I think I'm I'm I, I'm hitting that mark anyways, just through my day. Like I, I, any headline that I feel like I need to read, I read. I'm, I, it's in my religion to always try to keep up the polls, and I do that with my job. The creation, honestly, is is really just for me personally to try and uh, free and express myself. You know. Awesome, and then so finally, do you have any long term ambitions? What's next, or more of the same? Do we not know? <laughs> I really enjoyed this interview, man. I think uh, I would like to have ownership in a business one day. Um, other than that, I just want to be happy, man. <laughs> you know, I, I want to challenge myself to continue to be happy and, and make the people around me uh, better, and hopefully they do the same for me. You know, I I have some ideas about what the the end game looks like. But it, it's, it's still pretty blurry to me. But as long as I'm, as I'm tasting and learning and growing, I, I feel pretty happy. Awesome, man. Well, thank you so much uh, for being on the uh, Tea with Mike show. And so episode one hundred. We did it. Thank you, Mike. I, I appreciate it. It's been a pleasure. Awesome, uh, and uh, let's keep in touch. <laughs> we'll do that, man. We'll, we'll keep in touch and. Uh, so what do you this this is the it's a it's a podcast only or what where what uh what channels do you put this out on? Okay, yeah, sure. So uh, uh so the Tea with Mike show Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram, as we kinda of talked about, not really uh, not TikTok as of yet, even though you're <laughs> encouraging me to use TikTok. Um it's, it's on YouTube uh, and it's got its own website. Nice. It's good, man. Well, I'm, I'm excited. I screen recorded uh, my computer here just because I wanted to have uh, my own little screen recording, but I'm sure that you'll have some content and I'm excited to look back at it and I'll, I'll share it out too. appreciate it. Yeah, cool. Uh, oh, 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 and, we, oh, and we can talk off air about it, so hopefully. Yeah, uh, um, you, you know where to reach me, man. Appreciate it. Okay. Thanks, thanks so much, Mike. Thank you, everyone. See you guys. It's the Tea with Mike show.